any of these I, stories? We have a story yeah, tell us that a story. happened on our way here. It was weird as fuck. Oh yeah, it, there's so, not much to it, but that's but okay. we every time we drive down Gun Club, we're all because there's all these fields and like abandoned little farm buildings. We're like, what if there was just somebody standing in that field? And we make that joke like every time. Like, what if there was just somebody standing in that field? And so we were driving by, and I'm driving, and Hannah's like, there's somebody standing in that field. <laughs> and there was, like, a guy with this, like, hood pulled over with his hand in his pocket and just, like, looking out in this field. And I was like, well, well like, turning my head. I was like, whoa, there is somebody in the field. <laughs> well, and it was, like, next to an abandoned, like, farmhouse. Like, it's not a house that somebody lives in. It's That's just weird. weird. <laughs> Very weird. There's like, I mean, I'm sure there was waist-high a- weeds that he was just standing in with his <laughs> yeah, hood it, up. It was, and, like, like, morning. Like, well, yeah, it was cold out, so yeah, the hood, the made hood sense, makes sense. But... Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm sure it's it like just... broad daylight. It's not like you know, middle of the night, three a.m. You're coming home yeah. from the bar. You I don't look know. out, and there's a guy in a field with this hood up. And he's I'm just sure he was just going there. out for a nice Sunday walk, and I he's know. not a ghost or a ghoul. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel it, it like was I'd a little much weird rather looking. though. I, I much. You'd much rather see someone at night? No. Yeah, because like that's expected. No, the it's creepy. not. Expected. Well, okay, <laughs> maybe not. Somebody expected. walking around in the middle of the fields is expected <laughs> at night, but somebody like walking their dog. It... <laughs> Too weird. Yeah. <laughs> Too uh, weird. Every no. time I drive out in the middle no of the night, I'm expecting to look out the window. Just like no, there's going to be like, man out there. Not expected. Because I've totally seen it ever in my not life. Not expected. Seen it but like that kind of creepiness is like just too spot on i want like i want creepiness in broad daylight because then it's even creepier because you're like why is this happening in broad daylight this should be happening in the middle of the night yeah, yeah. well i've like been out of a job this is what i was gonna say i've been out of a job for a couple of weeks now and i've been home by myself during the daytime and i like you know i'll keep the door locked with the safety on because you never know what's gonna happen but if somebody like jiggled their handle like i'd freak the fuck out yeah. Because, like, man. Well, and most robberies and stuff take place in the day because they expect people to not be home. Because they expect people to have jobs. I wish yeah. I had a job. <laughs> Get a Don't job. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Every job that I've found has been garbage. Garbage job for garbage pay, and I'm not going to do garbage work. I'm better than that. Is it podcast time? Are we going to have a podcast? Are we? Are we? Mm. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that's the that? intro to the song. I mean, that sounded like. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's effed up family story time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. I'm back. She's back. And with us today, we have (laughs) Belle. Yeah. And we have special guest, James. Hello. And let's not forget special guest, Loki. Loki's joining us today. Little little old man. baby kitten. He's got toe beans. Little 15-year-old Eight, baby 18, kitten. 18-year-old 18 18 oh man. Yeah, he's pretty spry for 18. Yeah. He's staring me down right to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we are missing Kelly and Jess. Both of them are off doing fun stuff in some other state. But oh. we're, we're going to record our 10th episode without them, and we're going to have fun. Yeah. yeah. We're here. Where are Kelly and Jess? Are they together? No. Did they go out of state together? No. no. I don't know where <laughs> Kelly and Matt are. They're oh. staying at... I know they're in an Airbnb somewhere because she messaged oh, yeah. me <laughs> last night about her hair. About how she caught her hair on, on fire. fire. She messaged all of us, didn't yeah. she? Yes. Yeah. Woke up to that. Kyle got all mad. He was like, your phone keeps going off. <laughs> it was I'm me sorry. too. So their Airbnb... Their Air, Air, whatever. Airbnb smelled bad, so she lit a candle and... And then yeah. she, she lit her she hair on over and caught it. her hair on fire. Good for her. She was checking for bed bugs. Oh. <laughs> That had to smell so much better (laughs) than the weed and cigarette smoke smell that was in there. (laughs) Poor, poor Kelly. So, and then Jess is in New York for work, I think. Work thing. Yeah. Yeah. So since Jess is gone, Mm -hmm. not here, off doing other stuff, um, we've got a half-assed family drink quarter today <laughs> Yay. and we're just drinking mimosas cheers come up, ladies come and up, james cheers. come up and with james. a name for it um 
The Mimosa Dragon. Yeah, the Mimosa yeah. Dragon. <laughs> Cheers. Dragging our asses through this That's podcast today. Real easy. <laughs> Champagne and orange juice. So drink mm-hmm. with That's us. True. Yeah. Friends, family. Depending on how many you have. <laughs> I think the most amount of mimosas I ever drank was at my engagement party. <laughs> you you drink, drink a lot of mimosas. I was I was having and a great so time. That's one of my favorite days of my life, actually. And Kyle and I both agreed was that our engagement party was one of our favorite I days. Still of it love created that my favorite thing in, in existence, which is, is that, that video, video of Kyle, Kyle on the with, drugs. <laughs> 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 oh man, oh, and then also cheering me you up on. when I was beaten at pool. Who did yep. who's asked did I kick? I can't remember. I was way gone at that point. Well, today on our 10th episode, uh, Hannah and James are going to tell us a story together. So what story or stories? Hashtag couple goals. Ah. (laughs) I mean, with a thumbs up. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what dark roads you're going to take us down today. All right. So not all of these are scary. I'm going to be honest with you. I but, did a whole podcast about baseball and fried chicken. Though, you so did, I think it's so okay. I think it's fine. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> fucked up. They're Tell weird. Tell us some fucked up shit. Um, fucked up also might be a little bit of an exaggeration for a couple of these, well, but that's okay. Well, just tell us some stories. Well, just, tell, you some tell stories. Some stories. <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so have either of you heard of ARGs? Only because you told me earlier today. <laughs> no. That doesn't count. All right, so ARGs are alternate reality games, which is an interactive networked narrative that uses the real world as a platform and employs transmedia storytelling to deliver a story that may be altered by the player's ideas or actions. So like Tron? <laughs> no. Like the movie? <laughs> yeah, like the movie. <laughs> yeah, like Tron. Is I don't Tron know. I ARG? never saw no. that. What was the one? That one that was like Tron, but like was like the last player standing. Ready player, ready player, player one. one. I don't no. fucking know. No. Okay. Is it like so, that? Have no. you seen, there's a movie called The Game. No. It's a David Fincher movie. David Fincher movie. That's like the closest a movie's gotten to like an ARG. Okay. Yeah, um, so it's not, it's what you're thinking is like virtual reality. Okay, so they're it's different. It's not that. It's okay. alternate reality. Oh. So it's like a, a game where they try to make it seem like it's real life and the, the audience or the people involved, the players, are the ones who are like creating changes in the stories and they're solving puzzles to like progress the story. And it's like a very audience-based, it's a very interactive type of experience. But the, the whole point of an ARG is to try and make it seem like it's reality. But it's like an alternate reality. How does it work? I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> um, can't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> so yeah, so there's intense player involvement with a story that takes place in real time and evolves according to the player's responses. But there's also something that's less like an ARG and more like an ARN or an alternate reality narrative where it focuses less on like player involvement, there's still that aspect of puzzles and there's still that aspect of like figuring out clues, but it doesn't necessarily change the story itself or help progress the story. So we're going to talk about both of those. Some of them are ARGs, some of them are narratives and not games. Another way that like ARGs have kind of evolved, especially in the way like the, the reality narrative sense is if you think back to like, how the War of the Worlds was first presented uh, as the radio drama and they presented it as a news bulletin. A lot of these are using modern technology to do that same kind of idea. So it's like uh, Twitter feeds that it's like, you know, this is a thing, there's something weird's happening and people kind of present it as real and either add to the story or kind of respond to it and kind of form it as it goes. Okay. So that's one kind of thing, like one parallel to it. That Yeah, and there's an argument to be said that even like Dear David... The story that Bell did not too long ago, like that is possibly an attempt at an ARG or an ARN, um, depending on whether or not you believe it's real. But just like the viral aspect of it is something that, especially in modern ARGs, is like very prevalent. It's like always viral. It's usually used for like marketing purposes. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea what those Just were. Don't understand <laughs> the internet. <laughs> it's super interesting. <laughs> well, and some of these are pr- 
pretty old too and don't really involve the internet as much as like modern ones do or they involve it in a completely different way yeah like like really like you'll see on some of the later ones but okay so one of the first ever ARGs that's like considered an alternate reality game is called the beast and it was developed by Microsoft to promote the movie AI artificial intelligence in 2001 and the whole ARG is centered around the fictional character of Janine Sala and to start the game, there were three places that you could enter into the game or what are called rabbit holes. One of them was a trailer for the movie that had Janine Sala credited as a sentient machine therapist, which when people saw that, they were like, that's super weird. I'm going to investigate this more. And that got them involved into the ARG. She's credited on the one sheet also, like where you see all the, the cast and producers and stuff. It's in there. It's a sentient machine therapist has yeah. her name on there, <laughs> Okay, which is like a weird job for someone to have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then another one, there was a phone number that was hidden in the movie trailer and also on the movie poster, I believe, mm-hmm. that led back to Janine Sala. That was another entry point into the game. And then the third one were promotional posters that were sent to media outlets that had a code on the back that once you decoded it, it said, Evan Chan was murdered. Janine is the key. And this, like, particularly in the poster and the, with the phone number, it's um, they're really well hidden. Like, you would have to be almost looking for it to notice something weird about it. With the phone number, it's in the word or in the number 2000 and or I think it's. Is it just 2001 well, or is it says it summer, summer 2001? 2001. Uh, it's, there's little notches. So every number or every letter or number will have a little notch on it. And one doesn't have a notch on it. So it's like a little chip off the, the text. And so they people def- deciphered that that's like five, zero, three, whatever the rest of the number is. And then with the poster, it's um, it was on the back of the one sheet. So the, the big, again, that same big poster uh, in reverse, it had like let certain letters that spelled out um, huh. the phrase "Evan was murdered." Janine is the key. So unless you were like really looking for this or looking like, it's it's just crazy like how people can figure that out and find it out. It's crazy yeah. how people can come up with that shit. Yeah, yeah. like when I was like, because I worked at the escape room, two different escape rooms, and I always was just like amazed at like the just the amount of thought that goes into like creating those puzzles you know it takes one smart asshole to be able to figure that shit out (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that the fact that it was like so hard for people to figure this out or that you had to be looking for it i think that the way that most people entered into the game was from the sentient machine therapist because like Mm -hmm. that is something that you see the one that stands out the most yeah and that's one that they like wanted you to see right away and like be interested in Mm mm-hmm um, but also, there's this guy, Harry Knowles, who wrote for a website called Ain't It Cool News, which is dedicated to like news about movies and comics and video games and stuff that is coming out. Um, he was sent an email from someone who called themselves Clavius Space. Yeah, Clavius Space. Clavius Space. Um, that's a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey, um, which I do find interesting, and I wonder if that was maybe to kick the ARG into gear. The only reason is that Stanley Kubrick wrote AI and di- also directed 2001. So I wonder if that was something, someone from the marketing team just maybe realizing that it wasn't picking up very much steam and was like, eh, here, like, this, here's a little breadcrumb for you. Like, go nuts on your website. So, yeah, because he told yeah. him to um, search for Janine Sala on the internet, to like Google her name. And he ended up finding all these fake websites um, one of them was for Bangalore World University, which is the fake university that Janine Sala supposedly worked for. And so there was like a whole bio for her there. And then that led to a personal website that had her phone number on it, which was the same phone number that you could decipher on the the one sheet and on the trailer and stuff. But when you called that phone number, it had a message saying that Janine's friend, Evan Chan, had just died in a boating accident um while on board an ai enhanced boat so yeah so players found clues after that hinting that evan was murdered that it wasn't an accident and that is the same thing that was on the back of the promotional posters that evan chan was murdered janine is the key and one website described evan chan as a superb swimmer and an excellent sailor and then there was another website that had evidence that evan chan was having an affair with 
a sex robot named Venus and that that robot was linked to other murders of characters in this world of like humans in this world. So it was like unlocking this whole conspiracy, this whole world to like get you involved into the movie. That's cool. And in 2001, it kind of like kicked off and there were actual like real life quote unquote protests of anti-robot militia. There were like rallies in New York and in Chicago and in Los Angeles so that's where it had like the most like real life effect. Like people were actually going out and meeting and doing these things. Yeah. And what's cool about a lot of these is that with the real world aspect of it, it sort of builds the, you know, a lot of these are viral marketing campaigns. And so it builds the world of the film or game or whatever they're trying to um, advertise or turn, you know, like create these puzzles and makes that into a real life aspect. So it ends up like growing the lore of the the product or whatever, and also make making it feel like you're part of it as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So the whole game, the entirety of the game, spanned over more than thirty websites, and on all of those websites, there were places that you could like enter your fax number or your phone number, and some of the players got calls from these sites where they entered their numbers and an example of one of the calls is this good evening meet the year is 2142 and we are done with you when the man act passes and the machines take over we'll be watching people like you are the easiest to track down when the machines take over our brave soldiers will delete you can you imagine like early internet though like putting your phone number in stuff and like getting weird like Almost like dark webby emails and calls, but it's just like marketing is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, funny. Well, yeah, (laughs) nowadays we wouldn't give our phone number out, but I remember back when the internet was young and you weren't as concerned about stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you know? Yeah, it it was crazy. (laughs) Um, So the total number of people who participated in the game is not really certain, but at one point there were around like 4,500 to 5,000 people who were registered um, on message boards that were devoted to this ARG. Um, I think the biggest message board was called Cloudmaker. Yes. Which is the name of the boat that Evan Chan died on. Oh. Cloud Makers, I think. Yeah, Cloud Makers. the name of the group. Okay. And that was like the biggest group that participated in all of this. And they were really the ones who helped develop the game as it was being played. Like a lot of players came in after clues were figured out. And so they didn't really have much say in developing the game itself. But like the cloud makers were the ones who were figuring out the puzzles as they were happening in real time. They were like figuring out more about this world. And the developers have said that like they were the ones who really helped shape the game into what it was because they weren't sure what it was going to be when it started. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how ARGs are meant to be. They take on a mind of their own. Yeah. Well, and it's like you have an idea But the main goal of an ARG is to have that audience participation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, like, a a way of that the players helped develop the game is that they would send, like, warnings and messages to the characters in the game. And those were showing up as, like, canonical plot points that everyone else was using as clues. But it was, like, these people who were doing it. It wasn't the game developers who were doing it. Okay. Yeah, it's just another – but an, an, another way that it kind of builds the the real-world aspect of whatever they're trying to, to look into. And it would, you know, continue to develop the setting of this project for, like, a bunch of years for multimedia projects. If they were going to do, like, video games, um, which I think they had planned, but I don't think that movie did super well. So Yeah, okay. well, and it's funny because the game doesn't influence the movie at all. Like, there's nothing in this ARG that has an influence on the movie itself. The main goal, I think, was to create the video games because they were connected with Microsoft, who owns Xbox. And so they were supposed to do, like, I think five years of video games with Xbox, but that fell through and none of that ever happened. Uh, I don't even know if it got one. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. But, like, so this was to set up, like, future projects and then also kind of drum up... Uh, interest in the movie when it was supposed to come out and it was originally planned to end when ai was released on june 29th in 2001 but it continued throughout the summer so it was a pretty popular game Mm -hmm. that really 
went past the movie and what it was supposed to. Yeah, more popular than the movie it sounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, never I, even heard of that movie. You never like, heard of AI? <laughs> no. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's got Haley Joel Osment. I don't, oh, don't want to yeah, I, I don't want to derail too much, but it has a really weird awful ending that not like awful as in like disturbing but just like it's just a bad drawn out ending and a lot of people blamed because i think it was steven spielberg took over for kubrick a lot of people blamed um steven spielberg for that ending like kubrick would never done that but he actually kubrick did write that ending and steven (laughs) spielberg put it in to honor kubrick and so like everyone has it backwards it's okay it's like it's just a weird movie that's funny so the la times said that this was one of the most elaborate movie promotions ever conceived and then The Atlantic said that it was the first truly successful alternate reality game. And it's been compared to a couple of other like viral marketing campaigns like the Blair Witch Project um, is also like pretty big mm. as an ARG, okay. like that whole compa- campaign. Ooh. But yeah, so that's the beast. That's our first ARG. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, again, a couple of these that we have are like marketing campaigns, but they do kind of also... Or I guess like armchair sleuthing for real type of um, like like true crime stuff um, is sort of the same kind of idea. It's just people all getting together and solving um, not as serious of a puzzle or something like that. But it's yeah. it's got that same kind of community banding together to, to solve like yeah. really difficult puzzles. Yeah. And I feel like it didn't really start to be anything past marketing campaigns until like more recently i feel like most old args are some kind of marketing like you yeah. can't it's really hard it was really hard for me to find one that wasn't marketing that makes sense though and then they branched off from there they started with a purpose and then people discovered like the benefits of them and so kind yeah. of created them for their own purpose there's a really popular one that I actually played a little bit of it back when it was out called Perplex City. It was made by Mind Candy, which is a board game company, and they would sell packs of trading cards. And the trading cards would have just a puzzle on it, and that puzzle, when you solved it, would have some sort of clue to help everyone sort of. And they had like over like 500 oh. different cards for its season. Uh, that would have a clue for somebody to help or, or like piece together all this like this and it had a real world prize it was like this hidden it was like this cube hidden with uh, i think the cube was worth over like $130,000. Oh wow. And so it was like this again it was basically like one of these marketing games but it was made by an actual game company. Okay. So that's another uh example of like the escape room aspect is your entire world cuz yeah. it's everybody solving all these puzzles and That's cool. So our next one is called I Love Bees, which was another marketing campaign for the release of Halo 2 in 2004. Okay. I do want to point out that I'm a big video game fan, but I didn't really do much of the research for this. So do not blame all the video game stuff on me. It was Hannah. (laughs) And I just remember the amount of hours that we spent playing Halo when we were kids. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and this one is so interesting because... It started out, there was a part of it that started out not being Halo fans who were like involved in the ARG. It started out as something entirely different. Uh, like it started, oh, I want to say first, most of the people who were involved in the creation of the I Love Bees ARG were also involved in the creation of the Beast ARG. Uh, so, because so it was a Microsoft thing. the same fucking smart ass nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was Microsoft. Microsoft did um the beast and then they also did i love bees for Good halo for them, man where would we be without nerds i fucking <laughs> cheers, <right>. to the- <laughs> cheers to nerds but yeah so it started out jars of honey were being sent in the mail to people who had previously participated in other args so it didn't even start out like this is a marketing campaign for halo but it started out the only people who were sent the initial clue were just people who had been known to participate in ARGs before who didn't play Halo. They weren't involved in Halo. Like it was just randomly they were sending jars of honey with clues in them to people's houses. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's like cool. the, that's the, the breadcrumb or the rabbit hole for them to get into and for the whole game to be kickstarted into like being played by people. Mm-hmm. They so, knew who to market to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the jars had letters, um, which led to ilovebees.com, and that website had a countdown on it. Um, and at the time, there was also trailers for Halo 2, 
being released um and at the end of the trailers it would have the website for halo 2 at the bottom of the screen and then very quickly in like a second it would flash to ilovebees.com and then flash right back to halo <laughs> so you could yeah. barely see it unless okay. you really slowed it down and this was the theatrical trailer for halo 2 as well so like you had to go and see a movie to see this mm -hmm. trailer this trailer okay. wasn't available online it was only in lowe's theaters uh oh. at the time so that was the only way that you could even see that uh, that glimpse of the ARG up until they released the high definition version of the trailer mm -hmm. later down the line. Okay. Yeah, there was like this guy on a message board that we saw that said that he went to go see iRobot specifically to see this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So that he could like see for himself that it said that. Mm -hmm. When you went to I Love Bees, which uh, it's ilovebees.co, uh, I think, it, the website is still up. So if when you went to it, it just was a normal beekeeping website. It's, I think, Morgan's Beekeeping, and it has just your average early internet website stuff. It's got, like, a contact page. Can I just say that if I won the lottery, I would start keeping bees? Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. I think you have to win the lottery. I spend started. so much you... time on YouTube just, like, watching beekeeping videos, <laughs> like, watching them introduce the queen, like, all kinds of stupid stuff. How much money do you have to do to actually start that? I don't know, but I gotta have like a yard oh, first. Yeah. Like true. I can't keep any bees on my fucking patio right now. <laughs> no, you might be able to. <laughs> um, so yeah, it did, it did look like just a normal beekeeping website. Uh, it had, you know, all your average normal. It had like a contact us page, and like one thing that when I was looking at the website that it had that I sparked nostalgia is do you remember when websites had like fun stuff and it would be like games or like oh, facts yeah. and stuff? It was it looks like. This is an eye-catching like tab for you to click on, like fun stuff. So Yay. it had that, and it was covered in the the website was covered in like random characters, sentence fragments, stuff that just kind of looked off or or didn't really belong there. Yeah, and um, this woman named Dana, I don't remember her last name, and I forgot to write it down. Sorry, Dana, you're a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she had started a blog. She was the owner of the I Love Bees website. Morgan's Neff niece or something it was like her aunt's in the story it was her aunt's yeah. website that she oh, helped yeah, yeah. run moderate but yeah she started a blog saying that the website had been hacked and so she was like trying to get it back and there were players who were decoding the data that was on the website and they learned that it was hacked by a rogue ai called melissa it was basically that it was the it was hacked by like a, an ai named melissa and that it had split into uh, three separate AIs. Uh, it was the operator, the spider, the pious flea, and the sleeping princess were the name of the AIs. Okay. And over the course of time, the website would, uh, each little section of it, like the contact us, the fun stuff, all that stuff, would be taken over by a specific character. And so you would be looking at and following it, um, looking at clues or looking for clues, and it would have, you know, you could tell by personality, by what was being posted, who was in charge of whatever piece of the website. Okay. Yeah. And so you find out that AI, the AI Melissa has like lost some of its memory and it's like trying to reconnect itself because it was like split into fragments. But there was one instance where people went onto the website and they saw that there were webcam photos of Dana who was the person who owns the website and was running it. And there were just webcam photos of her and like threats to kill her. And I think all of the pictures were called Dillard or killer.jpg. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the AI was like starting to threaten her and Dana was freaking out. And she said that she was just trying to like get her website back and she was trying to figure out what was going on. And that ended up messing with the AI more. And so it became angry yeah. and started to lash out towards her. Interesting. So um, then, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then I was going to say on, on one of the days people were checking the website, on the Contact Us page, there was a bunch of boxes that had a, a weird, you know, kind of like a, a word or a phrase on them and then coordinates. And there was tons of these. And what that led to was basically it was like a, a specific times, right? It wasn't like a countdown. Yeah, it was GPS and specific times. So, okay. um, people and players of this, you know, looking into this would show up to these times um, and sometimes would just be standing out in the street like, what do we do? Like, where are we? <laughs> what, what are we supposed to do? And people eventually found out that it was a payphone nearby would ring. Oh. Um, and that payphone would have the voice on the other end say, 
you know, uh, what is my name? And you're supposed to say Melissa or the operator. And then it would say, what is your name? And you're supposed to say the code word based on where you were, your GPS and your whatever code word was on your your coordinates and your uh, time. And these were not pre-recorded calls. There were 777 of these calls that wow. had to have been done. What were they called? Um, oh, axons. Yeah, like... axons. You were you were ignite. You were activating axons. Yeah. Is what it was called. And the more of these that were activated, that would you know put on the next part of the game. These were not pre-recorded calls. A person or people were making these calls. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And as each axon was completed, you would get more information about Melissa's backstory. You would get, I think there, is that where the audio drama comes in? Yeah. I believe I because think that, you were unlocking um, audio, almost like podcast length, like audio dramas of um, backstory for the, these characters. Wow. Um, there was one, this is my favorite thing ever. So there's this one very dedicated player who his coordinates were in Florida at the time that Hurricane Francis was coming. It was literally minutes away and he was standing out there and he answered the phone and the person on the other phone said, dude, it's a hurricane. Yeah, they broke Put character. the phone down. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they, had to, they had to break character and be like, you're in a hurricane. You need to put the phone you down. You have to get to safety, please. Yeah. <laughs> this game great. isn't worth yeah. it. But yeah, that's amazing and I love it. <laughs> So yeah, as all of this is happening and you find out more about Melissa's backstory, you find out that she was an AI on a spacecraft that crashed and a part of her was accidentally sent back in time to 2004 on this website, I Love Bees. And you find out that like her own backstory is she was like a six-year-old girl that they were converting to be artificial intelligence and mm -hmm. she died. And so like the sleeping princess, that is her six-year-old part of herself that was fractured and fragmented oh but it's it's interesting that they they went with this story because it um the game will take place 500 years in the future so you're experiencing this piece of it that takes place in your timeline adding more to that lore and so she just ends up on this random website and the website's really cool if you can find visuals for it because you can see like how crazy it gets and how like each of these characters is taking it over and like visually how it looks really cool hmm. yeah it looks like movie hacking like when you see a website that's been like horror movie hacked like that's what it looked like okay yeah so through all of this eventually melissa is able to go back to her own time but this is in, in the story it's not before she gives up her locations to an alien empire called the covenant which is what kind of kicks off the events of halo 2 because halo 2 takes place after the covenant has um taken over earth and like that's the whole story of that video game and so that's where it all connects is at the very end of the ARG is like the beginning of Halo 2 okay um and yeah like James said if you go the I Love Bees website is still up if you go now there's a 500 year countdown to when the Covenant is supposed to come and take over earth <laughs> yeah, that's cool so yeah it's just again it's just adding to that like real world aspect of it so like that this game takes place in the real world so 500 years from now this is gonna happen so yeah and one of the prizes for the people who like completed the game is that they got to go to movie theaters across america and they got to play halo 2 like before the release date oh, yeah. so that was like the incentive for you to continue to play the game mm -hmm. and then they gave everyone a dvd or I, they had, I don't know if they gave everyone, but they, they, one of the prizes was a DVD of all the audio dramas. Um, it's a like sought-after collectible. It's like the I Love Bees DVD audio drama. It's like published by Microsoft. So, huh. yeah. But that has more of that lore on it and stuff. So. It makes me wonder like if it was like worth it as far as marketing and like how many people who played through the ARG actually went out and like bought Halo 2. The thing is, I feel like that game would have done well without any sort of giant mar marketing Yeah, because that game was so huge. huge. <laughs> yeah. And people were, like, it was so anticipated yeah. that if this hadn't existed, they still would have gotten their money's worth. Yeah. Well, it was like advertising in front of movies. I can't yeah. remember the last time I saw a video game advertised in a movie theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. True. Yeah. And the fact <laughs> that it started with people who weren't even Halo fans is, like, weird. It's a weird, It's it's the kind of thing that you would, I guess, 
be more comfortable doing on something you know is going to be successful, but also the kind of thing that you would want to do on something you might think is a gamble. Like if if you think like this game or this movie might not be like kind of with AI, it's like yeah. we don't know if that movie is going to be successful. Let's put in this whole crazy thing and build up this world. Yeah. But at this point, and maybe we'll make some money. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, it's like well, you already know that it's going to be successful. So I don't yeah. know why the extra. I mean, it's cool. I don't know why the extra like. Um, effort was gone into it so hardcore because this i think is more even more like uh, in depth than the yeah. beast even mm-hmm. the beast is a lot of sitting at your computer figuring stuff out yeah this, this was a lot of world, real world yeah going yeah. to different places and well i mean they did start with people that wouldn't normally buy or halo so, so maybe they were yeah. trying to branch out into like to people that are not aware of the game or wouldn't normally play the game to get you know followers that they wouldn't normally have. I don't know. That is true. I do like Halo. And I, I just think mm-hmm. it's funny that of all of the ways to market this, like, you know, Halo's just like a shoot 'em up game. Like, you don't have to solve any puzzles. <laughs> you don't have to do any thinking. You just have to have quick reflexes and hit the trigger at the right time. And, like, I wonder how many people, like, wouldn't have bought the game and then did go buy the game and then was like, this is fucking stupid. Well, and like, I think <laughs> a big part of it was to expand the universe that Halo takes place yeah, in. Yeah, well, and that's really cool. Because it like, gives I a lot really... of backstory because Halo takes place so far in the future. Like and, like, it is that. technically the same Earth. And so mm-hmm. I think to try and, like, like that whole bridge the gap, I guess. Like, that, I think, yeah. is the most interesting yeah. to me. Like, the fact that they're trying to actually, like, like you said, like, bridge the gap into the real world. Well, and Halo is a very story-driven. It's I mean, true. It is, yeah. The gameplay is just shoot em up, but there's story behind it. There is story behind, behind it, it which I always appreciated, which is why I like it more than I like Call of Duty. Especially when you play it, when you go through, what do they call the game mode, when you just play the game and you don't play against other people. Yeah, the story matches. Mode. Story mode. Thank you. And I think that's where we're going to take and our I break. I hope I We've, alienate our fans. Sorry. We've got a couple more to talk about after the break. Okay. All right. We're, we're going to take a break and eat take some food. Take a break. Yeah. Put some lubricating drops in my eyes. Oh. Now I can't see. Ew. Lube, mom. Lube. I put lube in my eyes. Yeah. So they're ready to go. And so are we. <laughs> nice. All right. right. Okay, Hannah. Are you telling this one too? Yeah. Okay. James knows virtually nothing about this one. So, okay. <laughs> this one's pretty you. much all me. But I think you're going to enjoy this one, Mom. Oh, am I? So, this ARG is called Year Zero, and it was done by Nine Inch Nails. Woo! And it was to promote their album. You know, I'm going to be honest that I don't know what year this was in. Year zero. <laughs> oh, my God. Year zero. Wow. Keep going. I'll look it up. Okay. <laughs> so this ARG started with tour T-shirts that were given away at Nine Inch Nails concerts where certain letters on the back were highlighted to spell out I am trying to believe. And that's all one word. And there is a UR- it's the URL for a website when you went to this website, it described a drug called parapin. Parapin is a supposed immune system booster, which is distributed by the United States government through the water supply to protect its citizens from biological warfare. This was 2007. 2007, okay. Also, so, okay, it was tour t-shirts where the letters were highlighted. Yeah, on is, the back of the tour t-shirt. Is, is I am Mr. Gay an ARG. <gasps> oh my god. Do you Do you know about that? No. Okay, no. on the on the box art for Super Mario Galaxy, it has stars on some letters and for some reason it spells out I am Mr. Gay. Huh. <laughs> but then on Super Mario Galaxy 2, it has um I don't it's it's yeah, I am are you? <laughs> Oh, but that one's in reverse, so that one's like the it's. So it, that just reminded me of that. Huh. I'm sure Mario it's not Galaxy an ARG. An ARG. It's an ARG that didn't take off. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody figured got out. They're like, oh, I guess we'll just, just play like, this I game. You're just super gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on this website, I am trying to believe. Um, it actually stated that the drug parapin is a hallucinogenic and narcotic drug used by the government to control the populace. So that's like the first tiny intro into the game. It's not like a whole lot. And like as far as promoting a rock album, that's not so out there. But then things really started kicking up when a fan from Portugal was attending a Nine Inch Nails concert. And he found 
they i don't know what gender they are it didn't say so i'll just say they (laughs) they found a usb flash drive in the bathroom stall at a nine inch nails concert and when they looked at this flash drive, it contained a song from their then unreleased album. So it was like they were intentionally leaking their music. Okay. Gross place to leave it. No I shit. know. It's so weird. Would you put a flash drive in your computer that you found in the bathroom? I would. If I found a flash yeah. drive in the bathroom, I, I, would, totally. I would take it home. No, I would... I would put a flash drive that I found in the bathroom into a library computer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would get like a separate Not computer. Not your own computer. Yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> Just in case. But I would have to figure out what I was would. on that flash Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so embedded in the MP3 file was a link to another website where multiple people were posting about the drug parapin and an underground resistance. And then they were also posting about alleged sightings of a giant hand coming down from the sky. I oh. wish that the government would put hallucinogens in my water supply. I'm just going to say they've that. They've done it before. But they've never put it in my water supply. <laughs> More drugs, my water. (laughs) (laughs) That one really got me. That's pretty good. So that link to the website was embedded in the MP3 file. But then when you also ran that song through a spectrogram, there was an image of a hand coming down from like the top of the spectrogram. What is a spectrogram? So I think that it's you put sound into it and it like creates yeah, a visual representation that's of trippy. it. Trippy, I need one. That's cool. So it's like almost like what Windows used to do back when you had like the Windows Media Player and you would like play a song and it would like ooh, that's So this spooky. is what was in the flash drive with the, the song with ooh. the spectrogram. So the spectrogram gave you that image of a hand. Um So after players had been solving the puzzles and figuring out the clues, they discovered that everything on these websites was set in a future U.S. where it had become a Christian fundamentalist state where most of of the civil rights had been um, taken away and dissolved. And the hand that people were seeing was known as the presence, and it had been seen all over the world. So there were multiple sightings of this. And I'm pretty sure that there are multiple pictures that go along with, like, all the clues and stuff. So there were a lot of cryptic clues that were found or even handed out at different Nine Inch Nails concerts, including flyers against this corrupt government, um, lithographs, DVDs, and more USB flash. Br- and there were more USB flash drives that were found in different bathroom stalls. <laughs> were they the same one, or was it a different with like different stuff on it? I'm not sure. I, I don't know what they all had on I would it. imagine that they would have to make more than one of those just in case somehow that one ended up in the trash. Yeah. yeah. Like, what if someone just like picked it up and <laughs> yeah. threw it away? Yeah. I would. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> virus stick out of here. Gross. <laughs> Cleaning. Who left this in here? <laughs> Cleaning the bathroom. Especially in like a concert bathroom. <laughs> like yeah, if you were like, worst. yeah, like just like a random employee at that bathroom and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, who hid this in the toilet paper? I'm just trying to do my job. Nine Inch Nails always hiding stuff in the bathroom. God damn it, Trent Reznor. So players started receiving weird emails and phone calls. And among all of these things, they also started receiving real cease and desist letters from the RIAA because they were sharing this unreleased MP3, like, among other players of the game. And so a lot of them thought that it was like a part of the game that they were receiving this, but they were real cease and desist letters, which is hilarious because fucking Nine Inch Nails purposefully leaked this song themselves and yeah. because they created this game yeah. and then people were getting real cease Assholes. and desist letters for it. That's, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually fans were invited to like resistance meetings as the game progressed and they were given cool alternate reality swag, which sounds amazing. Like, I want some fucking alternate reality swag. Yeah, me too. And it was stuff to, like, play the games. So, yeah. Like, a prepaid it was, yeah. phone that would, like, you know, ring for a certain clue of the game or something like that. Yeah. So some of them, not all of them, got prepaid phones. And the people who got the prepaid phones were five days later called to go to a separate, more secure meeting place. And this ended up being a live Nine Inch Nails concert. That's oh, cool. cool. Yeah. 
but and like that would be a great place to just end the ARG where it ends up you just go to a cool like secluded Nine Inch Nails concert. Yeah. But halfway through the concert without any warning at all, a SWAT team showed up and shut the whole thing down. Oh my god. Was and, that part of the ARG? Yeah, it was part okay. of the ARG. <laughs> That kind of was the end of the game, and it led to a website that described the end of the world at the hands of the presence, which was the giant hand in the sky. And But before that happened, a group called the Solution Backwards Initiative sent information back in time as a plan to warn us about the future events. And so that explains the whole game and like why it took place. Okay. Nine Inch Nails swatted their own concert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's they pretty fucking awesome. went hard. <laughs> well, if you're gonna go, you know, go hard. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's that one. That's, that's pretty, pretty much pretty it. Pretty cool. One. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the it's rock just... grungy, like merchandise selling kind of. Well, it yeah. just proves that even you know metalheads are just a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> Everybody wants to solve puzzles. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So our next one is one of the more modern ARGs. And this one, I have to say, this is like what I was saying before. It's not so much an ARG as it is an alternate reality narrative because there's not a whole lot of audience participation. It all takes place on Twitter. And so uh, the most of the audience participation is like Twitter polls. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they don't really have that much sway in the way that the story goes. They're yeah. not really solving mysteries. It's just more like adding to the experience a little bit. So it's a little bit different than like a typical ARG, mm-hmm. like the ones that we have been explaining previously. But So it would be like you said earlier about how like Dear David, you know, if you argued that it wasn't real, it would technically fall under a narrative yeah. instead of like a game because there's no... Yeah, there's not much to play in yeah. this one. You're just like, oh, you're that's spooky. Like, yeah. <laughs> it should also be noted this one um, may be still ongoing. Um, there hasn't been an update in a while, but yeah, there, the last it, it update also doesn't was in have no- kind of an ending. Okay, November. Yeah. November of 2019 was the last update. Oh, that's really recent. But it's kind of open ended, and this he's gone like months before without updating, and so that's part of the um, the story yeah, where okay. it's just been like you know like three or four months have gone by, but there's like a story reason as why. And the other thing is, I to just to bring it back to as I said, like uh, War of the Worlds. This is really them do or you know this this narrative kind of war of the worlds via twitter so it's like if if that idea was put into like the the twitter space and it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah Yeah. okay this whole thing started out there is a twitter account called at the sun vanished and it starts out he just starts tweeting help i don't know what's going on the sun has disappeared and i can't find it and then he posts a video of a news report And it's, like, a pretty convincing news report. It has, like, CNN's logo on it. It has, like, the big white banner at the bottom saying riots break out after the sun disappears. It has a really convincing voiceover. Yeah, and it's just a woman saying that the sun has disappeared. Stay inside. Lock your doors. Oh, creepy. Yeah, that is creepy. Um, And so, yeah, most of the the videos are really dark. Um, There's not uh, a lot to go off of. So a lot of the the videos, um, one of them, the next one that gets posted is a video of him, like, looking out the window, and he can hear, like, gunshots and yelling and things like that on there. Um, And he goes to investigate something, and he's kind of in the forest, and he sees, like, a flashing red light uh, that's kind of following him. So... When he goes outside, that red light follows him back to his house, and he says he's going to stay inside and try and wait it out. And he starts getting texts from his friend, whose name is Danyan, that he is coming from wherever he is to pick um, the sun vanished up. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't ever say his name, so people just call him, like, TSV or the sun vanished. But so his friend Danyan is coming to pick him up, and it's going to take him a while. He's, like, nine hours away, I think. And so... A lot of the beginning of this is him just kind of like waiting in the house, having weird videos of flashing lights. There's a lot of videos that have like a mechanical noise in the background. It kind of sounds like something is flying overhead, but it like doesn't sound earthly per se. Um, And so at this point, I think he started getting like Twitter messages and DMs from other people who were like trying to participate in it. He got a message from someone who was in British Columbia 
and this was after he had posted a video or a picture of someone standing right outside of his house. And then after that, he got this message from someone in British Columbia saying, Hey, brother, I am from British Columbia. I don't know much, but I do know that you should never look into the red light ever. If you do, you become like the guy who was at your door. And so I don't know if this is something that he planned that he like had his friend text him or if this was an instance of like a player interacting and him taking it and putting it, it into his game kind of okay. well, and you story. think about like the internet just like how many people on twitter and how many people on facebook mm-hmm. create these like fake accounts you know these like role-playing accounts and stuff like people are all over that yeah. shit and yeah. then if they see somebody like playing that kind of game like a lot of people will want to jump in and like play along yeah. you know we were just talking about um candle cove which was like another big creepypasta and that is it's actually like a pretty big creepy like popular creepypasta but the um the original was just two sentences and people just jumped on board and yeah. were like now it's this and then oh yeah i saw this and so and that got eventually got turned into a tv show like a couple of years ago so yeah oh that's yeah cool. it's yeah. yeah and that's just how people get into this sort of like internet um like urban legends and urban myths and stuff and just kind of go nuts with it yeah. yeah it's like collaborative storytelling yeah almost. well and you think back to like you know you know, just, like, certain tribes and stuff. Like, that was, like, like a good form of entertainment. Like, everybody would just sit around and, like, tell these communal stories or, like, you know. Yeah. It, like, goes back to our basic human instinct to, like, imagine and create and escape almost, you know. Mm-hmm. He uploads a lot more videos of, like, these flickering lights. It's, like, almost like a, like a strobe effect. It even kind of has that clicking, like, sound to it with, like, a really science fictiony kind of like hum to it um so it's maybe some kind of like drone or something that's like looking for people kind of like an alien drone is kind of what i gleamed from it yeah it really reminds me of the tom hanks War of the Worlds movie. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. We did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, but last night I mixed up tom Cruise and tom hanks when we were talking about mazes and monsters oh, you did so <laughs> it all came full circle but yeah it reminds me of like the newer war of the Worlds movie. okay yeah so he started feeling unsafe in his house and he started leaving like rudimentary alarm systems because he felt like someone was watching him and one of them was like flour that he'd put onto the floor in front of his door and at one point he saw that the flower was disturbed after he had woken up That's and a- so I was just gonna say it was ADT by way of Kevin McAllister yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so he decided to leave his house and he went to his neighbor's house where he had been hearing screaming coming from and there's a couple of videos of the screaming and it's like really creepy screaming like it's very visceral um but so he leaves and he goes to his neighbor's house and he stays there for a little bit and he starts seeing a blue flashing light and there's like a wave of people on the internet there's also like two big characters in this story that we didn't really research because it's so in-depth and like hard to follow but most of it is on this one Twitter account, but there are two other Twitter accounts. I don't remember the handles. Ma- oh, I don't know the handles, but it's the names are Matt and Tuck- Nat. Nat and Tucker, I yeah. think. Yeah. But they're like two big players that show up occasionally on his Twitter. And um, they were saying, like, don't look into the blue light. If that happens, like, you'll die, essentially. And then there's a video where someone breaks into the house that he's staying in and so he's hiding from them and the creepiest video i think out of this is that he's underneath the bed and you see just like feet walking by and it like goes to reach under the bed and then you hear a car honk and it like leaves and then he hears a gunshot and you find out that it's his friend danian who's come to pick him up and so he leaves and that's it for a little while like they were pretty silent after that but then you find out that he and Danian have been camping out in like right outside the city because that's where less activity is happening. But then something goes wrong and Danian has to leave. And then the sun vanished is left on his own and he just kind of has to fend for himself. And then his phone dies. And so he doesn't update for months after that. I don't know. Do you have anything to oh, add? Not, not to add on that. Okay. But yeah, the one of the details that gets uh, taken is, or taken down is that, when the ships fly overhead, they create a warm spot. So he's kind of chasing these cold spots um, where it's like colder and he finds a cold spot and that's when the updates start happening. I think in real world time, it's like two or three months between the updates where it's like, again, that's one of those silent periods that we were talking about where yeah. they he just stops updating for storied purposes. Okay. 
So when he starts updating again, he you see a picture of a car that he posted. He said that it's a warm spot, but he's going to go and try and get into the car. Um, there's a video that he posts where there's the blue light and a lot of noise, like the weird mechanical noise as he's running to this car. But he makes it to the car. He starts driving to the city, I think, because he gets a text from Danyan that sent him coordinates. And in the Twitter, the coordinates are blocked out. So that's like, he, he doesn't want people going there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a weird part where it's like very much not a game. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. people aren't participating in that aspect. Yeah. Um, but so he starts driving to these coordinates. And like the whole time there are certain things where he'll do the polls. Like when he was still at his house, the polls were like, should I go outside and investigate? Should I stay here? Oh, okay. And like, that's what drove the story. It's like choose your own adventure. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> um, well, you got me into those books. So. <laughs> but so he, he ends up going to the city. He has to leave his car to siphon gas from other cars. And then there's four people standing in front of his car when he comes back. And they break his arm as he's trying to leave. And so he just continues driving. Not a whole lot happens. But then there's people who are following behind him. And they have Danian's phone. And so he pulls over and he talks to them. He's kind of, he doesn't really explain a lot about his meeting with them. He says that they just wanted his Twitter account because it's important. And not much is explained about that. But that's kind of where things start simmering down. Because he kind of changes from like a survival mode to just being like really depressed and being like, why does any of it matter? So he drives back to his house that he started in. And he posts a few pictures from there. And then the last update was him just saying, the world has been harvested. What is there left to do? It's over. We lost. And Mm. so, like, that's the last update that we have from this. So it could be over. Yeah. Yeah. Or, but it could not be over. It's kind of hard to tell when one of these ends. Like, Well, it's like that with Dear Dear David. David. Like, I'm assuming that it's over because he hasn't posted in, like, years. But it just kind of, of like, fell off, you know? I think the last post on that is just, like, Everything's fine. Yeah. Like, it was like just like, you know. All right. Like, yeah. Well, and, but especially with people who their entire net, their entire internet personality is not like this alternate reality thing. I think that they get bored with it. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what happened with Adam Ellis. Adam Ellis, because he has like his whole, you know, he's like a, an internet comic, well known outside of the whole Dear David thing. Yeah. And I kind of think, you know, like it, it was more of like an internet experiment than anything else, you know? Yeah. But um, it's still, it's just like really interesting and in how people jump on it. And like, you never ever know, you know, especially with like the internet, like what's going on or, you know, it's so easy to like fake that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think I want to talk more about just like the more modern ARGs in general because I feel like they're so interesting and so different from what like a typical ARG is and like the most popular one and the one that got both of us like really interested in this topic is Ash Vlogs which I think for the most part has concluded um, but it's like an older YouTube channel it started out it was just this girl named Ashley who lives in Australia she was just recording vlogs and it starts out just like typical vlogs but in each video there's like an embedded link that's go i think it's in the description of all of her vlogs it goes to a separate unlisted video and they're like super creepy and then you start unraveling this mystery if she's gotten kidnapped and possibly has been murdered and then there's all these other different aspects and there's these people who call themselves the drips and like those are the players of the game and most of the game itself is played over snapchat so people who follow hello drip which is a snapchat will get snapchats sent to them of like tasks for them to complete and they have to complete the task on snapchat and send the video back in order to progress and so this that one is more of like a typical ARG. There is so much involvement. Yeah, there was a five day long stream that had it was like they didn't stream it wasn't five days of like content. 
um, it was uh, it, it would cycle through. So during those five days, you, you may be able to catch a different part of it. And that had a bunch of different clues to solve different puzzles. That one we kind of pur- purposely stayed away from that one. And another one that we were getting into called Petscop that um, we – there's just so much in like to it that we didn't have as much time to like really go into depth and like research it. But that those might be something to revisit if we ever wanted to – do this topic or something yeah, like that yeah. Again. those ones are so in-depth that they could be their own entire podcast like there's so much content hmm. in those ones and so many theories and it's crazy <laughs> that's cool though but yeah. then there's also this phenomenon on tiktok lately where they're not I, it's really hard for me to call them ARGs, but I it's love TikTok. Continue. Me too. Continue. But yeah. it's like a weird side of TikTok because TikTok is so like cringy for the most part and like very happy very upbeat it's just chasing a late meme like yeah whatever's a popular meme everyone's doing it over mm-hmm. and over again okay. yeah but for the there's most part. there's like a weird phenomenon of a lot of tiktok content creators who are like being creepier and trying to create their own args and like there's this one called sitting and smiling which is one of my favorite ones, which is just this girl who just sits in a room and like whatever the popular sound on TikTok is that week, she'll just sit and smile for the entire duration of that sound. And like, that's it. And that was her videos (laughs) for a while. And then she started blinking Morse code. People found out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then there are some videos where she'll blink at certain words that'll be like help or like scared And then there are some videos where she'll just stop smiling. And then there are some videos where you can see like a hand come in and close her door and you can see her name on the back of the door. And so people are figuring out all of these tiny, tiny clues that like you're barely given any information on. So that one is really interesting, but there's like not a whole lot of information out there about what it actually means yet because it's still ongoing. The person does not exist is another one that you looked into that may or may not be one. Yeah, I don't know about that one because This Person Does Not Exist is a website where you go and a face is randomly generated. And so it's supposed to be someone who does not exist. It's not a picture of a person. It takes features from other pictures and puts them together to be a person that could exist but is not supposed to. And on TikTok, there were a lot of people who were finding pictures of themselves on this website. And so they would Take they would like take a video and it would say on the URL this person does not exist.com. They would show the picture and then they would show their face. And in the corner of that website, it has all the information. It has like the people who created the website, it has the technology that they use to make it possible. And then it says don't panic. And then like some other things. And so it's really weird, but it's really hard to find information for. Like, I couldn't Fucking find anything. Nerds. <laughs> Putting your Hitchhiker's Guide references in your ARGs or your <laughs> dumb websites. That's probably all that it was, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Just like a huge coincidence in these nerds making a Hitchhiker's Guide to the yeah. Galaxy <laughs> reference. Like, That's cool, though. It but is yeah. really cool. People have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> some people draw, some people write, some people hide puzzles in a video of a yeah. girl yeah. sitting on a bed. <laughs> Smiling music. Yeah. But it's really interesting. That is really I interesting. Think it's cool. And it's like becoming so prevalent and it's especially scary to think about when you think how the internet makes it hard for you to decipher truth mm-hmm. from, from fiction reality, a lot yeah. of times anyways and specifically when like ARGs become more popular and they become more real. Because, like, a lot of the earlier ones, like, it was very easy to tell that it was fake mm-hmm. yeah, because of the content. But yeah. in, like, the more recent ones, they're becoming more realistic. Mm-hmm. And so it's harder for people to actually distinguish what an ARG is from something that's real. Genuinely disturbing stuff. Even in, like, the Ash Vlogs, there's some really disturbing stuff that, like, if it wasn't, like, a story, it would be terrifying. You'd be like, what am I watching? Like, yeah. someone getting yeah. kidnapped? Yeah. Someone... Yeah. <laughs> So if this becomes a, a trend, I wonder if we'll ever see something like real that everybody thinks is an ARG, and that's kind of a terrifying thought. That is terrifying. Thought. Yeah. I could totally see that. Or an ARG that goes way out of control. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We just ended this with like, and it could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Stay bom, safe bom, out bom. on the internet, friends. <laughs> yep.
Well, that's okay. it. Thank you. Those <laughs> were good. I liked your stories. Very good. I liked good. it too. It's something Thanks. I didn't know really anything about. So. Yeah, no, me either. That was really interesting. Yeah. So it's like the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> two hours later, you got it. <laughs> Are we going to talk about things that don't suck? Yeah. I'll start. I haven't had to go to work for two weeks, and that's, that doesn't yeah. suck. <laughs> You know, until I got to pay rent in February and then it'll really suck. But it doesn't <laughs> suck yet. So things that don't suck. Living in the moment. Yeah. I got tomorrow off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for the holiday. Yeah. Yay. I'm Martin Luther King. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Woo. All day long. Not all day, but. I'm going to play The Sims <laughs> all day. That's mean. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. My thing that doesn't suck is that I have a new job. Yay. And it starts on the first. Yay. And I only have one week, one week left at customer service land. Yay. <laughs> Very cool. I'm excited for you. Thanks. I think it's going to be great. So my thing that doesn't suck actually is going to be a plug for hopefully a new podcast that we're going to do. Yay. So, uh, Belle, Hannah, and I are are putting in the works a new Sims podcast. So, if there's anybody out there that listens that really likes the Sims, uh, once you know, hopefully in a month we'll be out with our first episode, and it's got a little twist to it, and you'll have to listen to see what that twist is. But I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So we got James. Go- you're not invited. No. Sorry, James. I don't want to play it. Well, that was a podcast. <laughs> All right, so we're done. Yay. All right. Yay. Well, join us next uh, next episode in two weeks for our 11th episode. Yeah. It's going to be me, Salem, telling yes. the story. Cool, and uh, if you're weak or sensitive, maybe don't listen because this one I'm hoping is going to be a hard hitter. I'm both of those things. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> tune out, James. Everybody else, tune in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have Woo-hoo. a good one. Bye. Hope your Bye. lives don't suck. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>